This is Blind Like Me. Hello, everyone. Interviews, information, and reviews related to living with a vision disability. Your host is Tim Black. Tim has been visually impaired since birth. He's been in radio for 30 years and also hosts the podcast Inside Today's Country. Tim has never let his lack of vision stand in his way. Welcome to another edition of Blind Like Me. My name is Tim Black, and as always, we like to reach out and find people all around our world who are visually impaired or blind and find out about their stories. And I was scrolling through the internet the other day, and I came across this young lady who really caught my attention because she was putting her content out there as a visually impaired person saying, really, I'm visually impaired, I'm doing my own thing. Uh, you sighted people can, you know, just kind of go along for the ride with me. Uh, her name is Sadie Taylor. We found her on TikTok and we talked to her all the way from Oregon. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. You're welcome. Now, hold on. Before we get going, uh, we're going to hear probably hear your birds in the background. Uh, yeah. we, we were just chatting before we got going here. Uh, so what are your birds' names? Uh, so my umbrella cockatoo's name is Della, which was actually my great-great-grandma's name. And then my, my little bird, my cockatiel, her name is Bonsai. Awesome. That's very cool. As a visually impaired person, how do you deal with birds? Uh... Uh, it's complicated. Um, they're very tame, so okay. they just naturally—they just naturally want to be with me. Um, but when I had in the past, I had birds that weren't tame, and they just flew away from me all the time. Right. It was hell. <laughs> oh, I, I would, I would think so. Um, let's find out a little bit about you, Sadie. You are uh, visually impaired, uh, not totally blind, but uh, let's let's talk about your eyes and your condition. You've had this since yeah. you were, since you were little. I can only see out of one eye, um, and I only have peripheral vision. Uh, apparently, I have microscopic holes in my central vision. Um, mm. But yeah, mostly it's peripheral vision, and uh, it's it's really bad. In order to see things, I need optimal conditions. And uh, realistically, like looking around, all I see is like shapes and colors. Um, really, realistically, the only thing I see clearly is my phone when I zoom in a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> use, um, use other tools. Um, I use a combination of screen readers and magnification. My vision does make me very dizzy. Uh, sometimes I think I can see better than I can, mm-hmm. and I have to accept that I really can't see a lot of things. I need to find alternate means of doing things, and it's hard to accept sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, and why is that? I mean, this has been something you've been dealing with uh, your entire life. Are you trying to really be yeah. as normal as possible? As if we can know. use that, I, I if think... we can use that term. <laughs> I don't think I'm like consciously trying to be normal, but maybe mm-hmm. subconsciously, like from a young age. Because, for example, in elementary school, I would constantly get pulled out of class for things like Braille and mobility lessons. And even though those things are really important, mm-hmm. I was more upset that I was being pulled out of class. Right, because you're not with your peer group, right? You're you're, yeah. you're separated from your peer. I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I felt I felt like I was missing things, and I felt like I was I was often getting behind in school, not just because I, I was getting pulled out of class, you know, but because of other mental health issues associated with being blind, visually impaired. Right. Uh, because I mean, one of those things is that you know, and people don't I don't think really realize when you do get pulled out of a class. Uh, you know, you're you're missing out on on really the connection with the rest of your of your classmates and the rest of your peer group, right? Oh yeah, but I was also missing out on crucial um, information. Sure. Frustrating to go 
back and have to relearn all that. Mm -hmm. What was school like for you back in the day? It wasn't terrible. No? Um, I didn't have too much of a problem with bullies because I didn't really care. Okay. <laughs> uh, um, Explain. Like, I don't know, sometimes people, occasionally people would be mean to me growing up. Uh, but, like, I just, I don't know, like, I just kind of, like, didn't give them a, the attention that they wanted, I guess. And so it didn't really become an issue. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm not saying bullying is never an issue for people. Uh, but, you know, for me, it just wasn't. As far as, like, the educational portion, uh, it was it was challenging. There were lots of subjects that were difficult for me to follow, like math. Uh, I didn't know the Nemeth code or anything. Uh, the accessibility portion was very difficult, especially when we got into graphing and like the complicated calculators and things like that. Mm -hmm. And iPhones, iPhones and things like iPhones and things that we commonly use nowadays, they weren't around yet. Mm -mm. No, not at all. You know, we so had, like we... voiceover, voiceover, for example, didn't exist yet. No. I mean, I had a talking calculator, yeah. which everybody likes sitting beside me because then when I used it, <laughs> yeah. they're like, oh, now I know the answer. Well, yeah. So. And the thing is, it, it's funny that you mentioned that because I had one of those CCTVs that like, oh, put, yeah. so I could read things on the paper and blow it up on the TV. Mm -hmm. I had so, one of like, those too. They, mm -hmm. had to, they had to put me in the back of the class because people would always try to look at my screen and like see my answers. <laughs> <laughs> See, and I was the opposite. I was, I, I was at the front of the I was at the front of the class with that, and I would write something on a piece of paper, and I'd wait to see until somebody figured out that I was writing something backwards. It's funny because they would often try to put me in the front of the class, thinking that it was like helpful, but it really wasn't. Like I can't see the board no matter where you put me. Right. <laughs> so. right. I get it. Uh, you made it through. Obviously, made it through school, and and uh, I didn't actually. I didn't you, make it through school. Oh, okay. I uh, in um, ninth grade, I. Um, my mental health issues got really bad and mm -hmm. uh, I was pulled out of school and stuck in a mental institution. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay. And what was, so, uh, and what was that? What was that like for, obviously for yourself with, you know, with mental health, but also being visually impaired. Tell, tell me a little bit about that. You know, it was really sad. Um, I was there from age 15 to 18. Uh, I missed out a lot on life. Um, I was very angry. I was very violent for many years. Um, I just, I didn't really see my family most of that time. Um, mm -hmm. I was just kind of like, I mean, it was basically prison. I mean, that's basically what it was. <laughs> okay. Uh, it was hard, you know, like not only was I battling my own mental health issues, but, you know, constantly fighting with the staff and fighting with the other kids there. Mm -hmm. um, I went through a phase where I tried to poke my own eyes out for a long time because I just didn't want to see anymore because it gave me headaches and just, it was miserable. Mm -hmm. A big challenge for you then. Yeah. Yeah. And you've overcome that now? Yeah. Excellent. That's what we like to hear. Yeah, I'm definitely way past that. It's crazy to think that I'm, excuse me, I'm 27 now. I got out at 18. It's crazy to think that it's almost been 10 years. Right. Well, and you were talking prior to us uh, starting to record the podcast today. Uh, you're a massage therapist. Is that correct? Yes. And, and how did you decide that that was the path you wanted to take? I don't think it's something I want to do for the rest of my life. But um, as I was saying earlier, I... Um, at age 24, I didn't have a job yet. I had applied, you know, here and there, but as a blind and visually impaired person, discrimination in the workforce is a real thing. Um, and so basically my family was pushing me, like, you need to find something to do with your life. You need to get a job. You need to get out there start making money, you know, because my family's not like, they don't, they want me to do stuff. Like they don't care if I'm blind. Like they want me to go get, get a job. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah, good. 
So anyways, I finally decided, well, you know, a lot of blind and visually impaired people are successful at massage therapy. Maybe I could give that a try because I don't mind touching people. Mm-hmm. And um, I went to massage school and I ended up loving it. Uh, I went to a really small massage school, so it was a lot easier to get one-on-one instruction. Mm-hmm. They There used to be a massage school for the blind and I looked that up and it wasn't open anymore. So okay. I had to just go to a regular one. Well, there you go. And and did they do anything special for you in the school to, to learn or not? Um, well, as far as my textbooks go, they put them on a USB for me so that I could access them on my computer. Uh, okay, cool. And then in class, I would often, um, you know, just descriptions were helpful. And sometimes I would be the demo body so I could feel the teacher uh, demonstrating on me. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes if I wasn't the demo body, I would get really close to the teacher. And if I really needed to, I would touch their hands or you know when we went to do our hands-on practice the teacher would come over and help me individually that's awesome what a great way of doing it yeah and then like for example like we had like a whiteboard in the class i can't see the whiteboard but since it was such a small (laughs) class i would just get up and walk up to it and like stand there like nobody cared (laughs) that's all right there's nothing wrong with that you 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 know that's that's the we all did that back uh when (laughs) you know watching tv and stuff like that you'd always be told you made a better door than a window what was family like for you you said that uh you know they they basically wanted you to get out there and be a a normal person and did you get support from your family with with your vision oh yeah i mean i i don't know how to explain it I mean, yeah, I've had support, but at the same time, like they just treat me like a normal person. Mm-hmm. Um, they they kind of expect the same thing from you know from me as they do any other person in the family. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what's the um, you got yourself out on uh, on social media? Obviously, you're on TikTok. I know you're on Instagram. What made you want to jump onto those platforms? Well, uh, I have actually had my TikTok account for a couple of years, but I never really used it because I just didn't know what to post. I wasn't really into it. Like, it wasn't really a big thing anyways. Mm -hmm. And then the shutdown happened. And, you know, like, TikTok blew up during the shutdown. Um, And uh, I was one of the people that wasn't fortunate enough to be able to work from home. The spa had to close, and we were just, like, out of work. I had to collect unemployment. So Mm -hmm. uh, I was bored, and uh, I I was like, oh, this TikTok thing could be fun. And I always thought, like, (laughs) I'm not going to be concerned. I, I'm not trying to be conceited, but I always thought like, man, I would be good at social media and like being like an influencer, you know, but like right. I didn't know what to post. So I joined this TikTok growth group on Facebook to kind of get ideas on how to grow my account. Okay. And they were like, you should post videos about blindness. And I'm like, that's so lame though. And then I thought about <laughs> it and I'm like, okay, I'll give it a try. I'll give it a try. So right. I did and it just blew up. I didn't expect it to. <laughs> so. and how, how many followers do you have now? Uh, 49,000. Holy cow. Yeah. You've got like 49 more thousand. And than I had I like, I had like a hundred followers in like April. So <laughs> I think I have five followers, but <laughs> I, I, I really should probably put it's more really up. hard. Um, it's really hard. Uh, because I, you know, I, I can see a little bit, uh-huh. uh, but not that great. And it's hard to know like what kinds of videos, what kinds of visual media are, fully sighted people going to be interested in. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think what's helped me is that I have taken like filmmaking classes. And I think that's, I think what, I mean, I haven't taken a lot, but I think that's helped me immensely, especially with different camera angles and things like that. And knowing what kinds of shots might look good. Mm -hmm. Good for you. That's uh, wow. I mean, uh, you're you're 10 steps ahead of me. Yeah. And and the thing is, it's funny because uh, back when I took that class, 
I was so upset with myself. I felt like I wasn't learning anything, like I wasn't getting getting anything out of it. But, mm -hmm. you know, now that I look back, like subconsciously, I took a lot out of it. Mm -hmm. What's the message that you want to get while you're doing your your social media? What do you want to get? What do you want to get out there? You know, I really want to bridge the gap between the sighted and blind world. I really want to connect people. I really want to put out content that can kind of attract both groups. Um, and I want to, I want to show, you know, seeing people that we're not, we're not incapable of doing things. We're not shut-ins. We deserve to be out in the community. We deserve love. We deserve friendship. We deserve employment. We deserve opportunities. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And that's something that we've talked about in uh, other podcasts uh, that we've done ab about the subject of uh, inclusivity. Uh, yeah. The fact that, you know, what is it? The fact that there's 80% of blind people in the U.S. are unemployed, uh, yeah. which it just, you know, it, it shouldn't be. It's hard It's hard to believe in, in 2020 that that number is still out there. Oh, yeah. And the thing is, is I've, I've touched on this in some of my uh, videos, and it's really disheartening to see how many people say things like, oh, you're unemployed because it's a li liability. Being blind is a liability. Uh, and they make, or they make all these excuses as to why it's okay to exclude blind people from the workforce, and it just makes me so upset. Mm -hmm. Where else did you apply for jobs when you were looking for jobs? You know, it was all kind of entry level stuff. I've applied at uh, different um, like retail stores. Um, mm -hmm. I've applied at like doggy daycares, things like that. Um, right. I I finally kind of gave up after a while. I got really depressed because it's like you know people would seem like 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 I was a good candidate over the phone, and then I'd meet them, and then I'd have my cane, and it's like I can't see that well, but it's almost like a whole body reaction when they see mm -hmm. the cane. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't use my cane all the time, but I used it. I was going somewhere. I was going for uh, just to, to to meet someone, and I walked into this office, and the lady didn't realize that I was visually impaired, and what I was there to do was, you know, possibly do some work for them, and right away it was like, oh, I think we have a we have an issue here ah. because, you know, and, and the first thing she looked at was my cane, not me, yeah, and not knowing yeah. the skills and, and so forth that that I had, but she saw the cane and right away went, you know, went the, went the other direction, which I think is really, is really strange and really tough, uh, especially in, in this day and age where we try to include everybody in everything that, that people do in, in, in all walks of life and in work and so forth like that. And we're, and there's still an exclusivity. Yeah. If you had a, there was something you could tell the sighted world, what would you tell them? They are truly the blind ones. Probably not very nice sounding, but it's true. And why so? Because, you know, I feel like having perfect vision almost makes you blind to the real world. Like you're so focused on what everything looks like mm -hmm. that you can't think deeper. You can't like there's not enough room in your brain for that. Almost. It's almost not it's not really intentional, but you just don't have the time. You don't have the space in your head to to look deeper, to think deeper into things, to to really see the world and the people around you for what it is mm -hmm. and what they are, if that makes sense. I like it. It's very good. Well done. Sadie, thanks very much for hanging out with us. All the best yeah, thank to you. you. And all the best to, All the best to you on your TikToking. And, uh, <laughs> I appreciate it. And uh, what's your account so people can, uh, people can follow you and you can get more than the 49,000 that you have now? <laughs> My account name is Slim Sadie, and that's uh, Slim... S-A-D-I. My name is Sadie with no E on the end. Okay. So. 
All right. Yeah. That'd be a takeoff of Slim Shady. Yep, yep. <laughs> there you go. Awesome. Sadie, thanks very much for hanging out with us. Go back to enjoy the birds, and uh, we look forward to talking to you again down the road. All right, awesome. Thank you. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to Blind Like Me. If you have a comment or suggestion about future casts, drop us an email to blindlikeme at outlook.com. Blind Like Me is a timblackonair.com production.